Maestros Per Gimel Mishnah Yud, 310, the last of the Perik. And since we spoke in the previous Mishnah about fig trees growing inside of Chatzeros, so we're going to discuss here one more possibility of a fig tree growing inside of a Chatzer, but we'll generalize it. Um, for starters, we're going to talk about the interesting question of what happens if you have a fig tree that's growing inside the courtyard, but the branches stretch out of the courtyard. So if one's standing out of the courtyard, but the tree is growing in the courtyard, so when he's eating in the garden outside the courtyard, the, the obligations to tithe kick in. And the mission will say, no, it doesn't. Um, now that's a big chiddish, or a little chiddish at least. Uh, and the reason why is because under normal circumstances, the status of a tree goes after where its trunk is coming out of the ground. So here we're going to say, even though the trunk is growing in the chatzer, if you're eating figs out of the chatzer, the obligation to tithe doesn't kick in. And the rationale probably straightforward is that the obligation to tithe is not a function of where the tree is or the tree status. It's whether you've had a gemar malach and brought the figs in on home. And since these figs are standing outside of the courtyard, so they're not brought home, therefore it actually stands to reason that they will be exempt from the tithing requirements if you're eating them outside of the chatzer. Um, once the Mishnah gets finished saying what I just said, basically, um, it will explore other interesting cases where you have trees where the trunk is growing in one halachic zone, if you will, and the branch is crossing over some line into another halachic zone. And the question will be, what's the status of the tree or the fruit, um, given the fact that the tree straddles two different halachic zones? The general guiding principle will be, as I just said, the status of a tree goes after its trunk, not after its branches, and that'll be straightforward. But in a number of scenarios, we'll see that um, where the tree status per se is not relevant, we consider this the position of the branch. So here we go inside. It starts out by saying, You have a tree, this is a fig tree, and it's inside of a courtyard, the kind of courtyard which would obligate the taking of tithes. But it's leaning over the wall of the courtyard into the garden, and a person standing in the garden, and he's eating the figs off of the branch out there. Ochel kadarko pater, even if a person eats in a normal way, meaning he takes multiple figs off the tree at the same time, if he took two or more figs off the branch and he were standing in the courtyard, then of course that would be tzeref and be required to tie the midrabana. But since he's outside the courtyard, he has no obligation, he can eat normally, and since it's eating achilas arai, sort of a casual eating, um, the figs are exempt from tithes. Omedes begina, on the other hand, if the fig tree were standing in the garden, outside of the courtyard, but the branch is leaning over into the courtyard, and the person is standing inside the courtyard, picking the figs off of the branch of the tree, which whose trunk is out of the courtyard, so then he can only eat one fig at a time, since he's standing inside of the courtyard, and if he eats one at a time, then he'll be exempt from the tithing. But if he amasses two or more figs, or like Rabbi Shimon said, you know, the one in each hand, the one in the mouth, whatever it is, at that point, Chayev, he'll have, he's Tzerif, he's collected multiple figs, and in such a scenario, at least Medirabanan, he now has to take uh, tithes before eating them because he's standing in the Chatzer. So the point is, it's about where you're standing and not about where the tree or the branch is per se. Now, we're going to Transition to other questions about trees straddling two zones. Uh, the first is the question of the status of the tree itself. In other words, is let's say, for example, is the tree obligated in tithes at all? So in Eretz Yisrael, the answer is yes, and outside of Eretz Yisrael, the answer is no, at least not Midoraisa. So what happens if you have a tree? The tree's trunk is stayed, let's say, in Eretz Yisrael, but the branch is crossing the border into Chutzlaretz. So are the figs growing in the airspace of Chutzlaretz 
obligated in, in tithing, Midoraisa. The Mishra says, Omedis Ba'arts with Notal Chutzla Arts. If you have a tree whose trunk is in Eretz Yisrael, but its branch stretches out to pass the border into Chutzla Arts, out of Eretz Yisrael, Bechutzla Arts, Benotal Arts, or on the other hand, if you have a tree whose trunk is sitting in Chutzla Arts, out of Eretz Yisrael, but Benotal Arts, but the branch is leaning over into Eretz Yisrael, its airspace, so then Hakol Holach Achra Iker. Everything goes after the location and status of the trunk of the tree. Ikar literally actually means a root, but it means like the, the place where it's coming out of the ground. That's considered the primary part of the tree, and that's where it's nourishing, and that's where its halachic status will be derived. So again, trees are obligated in tithing if they're growing in air soil, regardless of where the branches branch out. Uh, and if the branches are in air soil, it doesn't make a difference if the trunk is still in chutzlarts. The next question the Mishnah considers is a little different. Um, it's talking about the status of what are called um, bate arechoma, houses in walled cities. So you'll recall when it comes to Eretz Yisrael, the land was apportioned amongst the 12 tribes, and the idea was that the ancestral plots should be should belong to the tribe and the family to which inherited it um, in perpetuity forever. So that would mean, under normal circumstances, if you have some field somewhere, uh, if you sell it to another person, ultimately the field will come back to you in the Yovel year, and the Jubilee year after seven Shemitahs, uh, then you'll, the, tree will, the, the land will come back to you. Um, in a sale of property outside of, you know, in the, in the in Eretz Israel, so then for the first two years one may not redeem it, but after that he has the right to redeem it back prematurely prior to the Yovel year. That's the general rule that applies to the land of Israel. However, um, the Pesukim differentiate between generic land of Israel and um, walled cities in the time of the the Chumash and the Mishnah, um, and actually much later as well. So real proper urban cities were surrounded by a wall, and walled cities are governed by different rules according to the Torah. Um, Specifically, one they're like sort of exempt from this this notion of going back forever, ancestral plots, meaning that if a person sells his ancestral home inside a walled city, so he has 12 months to sort of uh, to redeem the home, to get it back for himself, but if the 12 months lapse, so then he loses his ancestral home forever, meaning you sell a home inside a walled city, so then after 12 months it does not come back to you even um, after Yovel. So the question of our Mishnah is, if you have a tree and it's growing, let's say the root, the trunk, I should say, inside a walled city, but the branches are going out of the walled city or vice versa, the question is, um, what rules govern this tree, which is you know, straddling the two zones in and out of the walled city? Is it the kind of asset that comes back after at Yeovil? Or no, is it the kind of asset which you have one year to redeem, and if not, it's gone forever? So the answer will be, as not surprisingly, everything goes after the situation of the trunk, because that's the guiding principle. So the mission says inside here, arechoma, when it comes to homes, assets inside of walled cities, everything goes after the trunk of the tree. So trees whose trunks are inside of the walls of the city, those can be sold in perpetuity, but those that are trees that are, even if the branches go out of the city, um, and the trees whose trunks are outside the city, even if the branches go into the city, um, cannot be sold in perpetuity. They can be sold... Um, you can sell them for two years. After that, you can redeem it and come Yovel, the tree goes back to your to the family, the ancestral family. Okay, the next case the Mishnah considers is the status of Are Miklat, the cities of refuge. 
you'll recall very briefly, the idea is that if a person uh, murders accidentally under certain guidelines, whatever they are, um, then the goel hadam, the relative of the uh, relative of the deceased, um, can avenge the death of the, his murdered relative and essentially can kill the murderer. So the murderer, the inadvertent murderer, um, is to flee to a Irha Miklat, a refuge city. Um, the Torah stipulates there are 42 of those. And um, when he's in the Irha Miklat, the city of refuge, he's safe, the gold, Hadam, the avenger, may not, uh, may not harm him. Now, the area that serves as the home base, the protection for the murderer, is the Irha Miklat, the city of refuge, and the 2,000 Amma perimeter around that city of refuge. So our mission is thinking, what happens if, you know, at the line of 2,000 Amas from the city of refuge, you have a tree growing, the trunk, let's say, is within the 2,000 Amas, but the branches are reaching over and they extend past 2,000 Amas. So what happens if you have this accidental murderer who's sitting on a tree branch and his person is beyond 2,000 Amas as the crow flies? But he's sitting on a tree, and the tree is within 2,000 amos. So is he afforded the protections of the Irhamiklat or not? So the Mishnah says, when it comes to Ba'arimiklat, hakol holach achar hanof. Everything goes after the branch. And that's strange, but when, as the Bartner explains, and the Gomorrah gets on with it, we're saying, lechumra, like meaning uh, to be strict, even after the branch. Meaning even though... Normally the rule is everything goes after the trunk. If he's sitting on the branch, we'll apply strictures if he's sitting on the branch as well. Now, what are the strictures, the chumras? So in the case of the goel hadam, the avenger of the blood, so a stricture, a chumra would be, he is restricted from killing. And that being the case, what the Mishnah essentially is saying is, if you're sitting on a tree branch, and the branch is more than 2,000 almost from the Irhamiklat, but the trunk of that tree is within 2,000 almost, so you, the inadvertent murderer is actually afforded the protections of the Eremiklat, meaning that the Goel Hadam cannot uh, attack him, even though he's more than 2,000 almost because he's sitting on a tree branch and will go af al-Hanof even after the branch to afford him the protection and apply the Chumrah saying, sorry, Mr. Goel Hadam, Avenger, you cannot kill this guy because um, he's still protected by the fact that he's sitting on a tree, which is within 2,000 almost. So that's that. Um, and finally, over Yerushalayim, the question of Jerusalem. So when it comes to Yerushalayim, we're talking here about the halachas of Meiser Shani. Meiser Shani, recall, is the second tithe. And the obligation of the second tithe is that you must bring it to Yerushalayim to eat over there. So the stricture would be that you can't eat Meiser Shani till you're in Yerushalayim. Um, there's a separate important din that kicks in here, which is that when it comes to Meiser Shani produce, one is allowed to redeem that produce. You can de take the Kedusha of the Meister Shani off of the f- produce and put it onto a coin, and bring those coins to Yerushalayim and buy foodstuffs in Yerushalayim with those coins. Um, but once you've brought Meister Shani food into Yerushalayim, um, it's stuck there, meaning you cannot take it out anymore. You can't redeem it and take it out anymore. That's not allowed. The food that comes into Yerushalayim as Meister Shani must be eaten over there. So um, we've got, you know, outside of Yerushalayim, you can't eat Meister Shani, but you can redeem it. Inside Yushalayim, you can eat Meister Shani, but you cannot redeem it. 
and we're going to discuss the question of what happens if you have a tree that the trunk, let's say, is inside Yerushalayim, but the branch stretches over the walls outside of Yerushalayim, or vice versa, the tree is rooted outside of the walls of Yerushalayim, but the branches reach into Yerushalayim. And the Mishnah here will say, like the previous clause, that although normally the rule is we go after the trunk of the tree here, it's not about trees per se, it's about being in Yerushalayim, and therefore we'll go off, even according to the branch, the nof, lechumra, we'll apply the chumras, which would mean if a person is sitting on a tree um, and the branch crosses over the line, either into or out of Yerushalayim, whatever the case is, it's on that branch, the chumras of both will apply, meaning it doesn't matter if he's sitting in the airspace of Yerushalayim on a tree whose trunk is outside of Yerushalayim, or if he's sitting on a branch which is outside of Yerushalayim, which trunk is inside of Yerushalayim. In both cases, we apply the chumras of both, meaning he is not allowed. He will even go after the branch, meaning the chumra of the branch, which would mean he's not allowed um, to eat the Meister Shani, because he may be as if he's not in Yerushalayim. Um, but he also is not allowed to redeem the produce because he's also perhaps not in Yerushalayim. So we go the chumra both ways. And uh, yeah, that is the halacha.